0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Backcheck, the Hockey History Podcast, where we look at the cases of NHL players for the Hockey Hall of Fame. My name is Riley. I'm with Bill. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How about you?
1: I'm doing all right, thanks.
0: And today is the class of 2001, um, which is a fairly uh, big one. Um, we have uh, Vyacheslav Fedesov, um one of... I, I think at this point it's three or four Russian players who've been inducted, maybe five, um, USSR players who have been inducted. And then we have, uh, Yari Curry, Mike Gartner, and Dale Howardchuk. So we're going to start, uh, with Fedosov, um, who of course, uh, came over somewhat late in his career. He was 30 or 31. Um, if I look, I figure out when he was born. Yeah, he was, uh, 31. um, So pretty late, in, uh, he was, of course, like many of these, like, just like Makarov, who came over around the same time at the same age, he was sort of legendary already in North America for being on, um, I always, I always, uh, uh, reverse the two, uh, the two letters, uh, CSK or CKS, CSKA Moscow. I always want to say CKSA for some reason. Um. And, and, you know, in the, in the various, uh, uh, Russian North American games that happened, they, they saw him and people thought he was a, a really great player. And he's definitely, I think he's generally considered to be one of the best couple defensemen, if not the best defenseman Russia ever produced. I
1: I would say you know? so. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, I mean, maybe, maybe, uh, Konstantinov might, might've gotten there if he hadn't had that, uh, that tragic accident, but, uh, I think he's generally regarded as the guy, right? Yeah.
0: Um, So uh, he he came into the NHL at 31 in 1989. So I guess the year before uh, Makarov, maybe something like that, or very close similar time. He played nine years and eight of those are quality by our judging. He has only 36 goals, less than 200 assists and less than 250 points in those um, years. But he only played 546 games, um, which I guess is roughly right for nine seasons. Um. No, he never came close to uh, his... The most games he ever played in a season actually was 70. So he had definitely had some injury trouble. Um, so he was drafted 201st in 1978. And then because, shockingly, he didn't come over, he was drafted 201st in 1983. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So we have two drafts, but we're not going to talk about the 78 one because he wasn't actually drafted in the 78 one. He, he re-entered. And, of course, his rights... um though i think yeah cuz he was drafted by montreal in 78 and then it was new jersey who drafted him in 83 so that's who had his rights when he came in the league so that's what matters um and uh so of course um you know that he he was drafted years before uh 6 years in fact before he uh the second time uh before he came in the league um his numbers in his draft are not actually bad at all uh among defensemen i i limited it to defensemen cuz it felt cruel to to include skate all skaters because you know of course we're talking about a draft in which uh um the best player played 1500 games so and Fedosov played 546 so he's not going to compare no but uh um he's he's somehow despite only playing those many games he's 44th in goals he's 27th in assists and he's 33rd in points which sounds terrible but like yeah. this is a, like a good
1: games of some of the guys yeah
0: <laughs> yeah and this is a this is a like this is the eiserman draft it's eiserman yeah. claude lemieux uh, john McCle- John uh sorry in terms of point shares i should actually read that off it's eiserman Hashok, brasso Lafontaine, gary galley rick Tockett, john McLean, cam neely claude lemieux dave gagne kevin stevens russ Cornell, you know like this is a yeah. deep in it's a deep draft so the fact that he's it's actually, given that he only has 36 goals, the fact that he's 44th in goals was kind of... I thought, like, that's high, isn't it? I think. <laughs> it's pretty high, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's also notably 4th in plus-minus, despite uh, these things. Um, behind Iserman, Joe Rieke, Jeff Bukaboom are the three people ahead of him. Um, and he's, you know, plus... Well, I don't know, 17 ahead of uh, the next guy. So... um that's uh, that's good. Uh, he's twenty fourth in point shares, but he's fortieth in games played. So, you know, you would expect like a sort of average player to be roughly the same in point shares as they are in games played. And he's uh, provided they were on a decent team. And he's much better than that, than that. So, sorry, what I made the comment earlier about not including skaters, that was actually for the era. Um, and so, era wise, we looked at uh, sixteen players who were thirty and over defensemen to play in at least 410 games or five seasons between 89 and 98. And among those players, Fedesov is sixth in goals and goals per game, fifth in assists, fifth in points, fourth in plus-minus, third in defensive point shares, fifth in point shares, and second in games played, actually. So he looks among the top five defensemen of the era. Um, Or top six offensively, but top five uh, defensively, which is, you know, good. Um, Especially given... Now, that is, of course... There is an age requirement there. I'm not including younger guys. Yeah. Uh, his age U game average is kind of Rod Langway territory. It's 34 points. It's actually, I think, slightly better than Rod Langway, but plus 17, which is probably not as good. Um, and his three-year peak, I mean, not great, 35 points, uh, but plus 29, which is very impressive.
1: Hmm.
0: His playoff stats are, uh, he has a lot of games played, 116 games played but very a few points 28 points plus three um of course he played for jersey and the uh, jersey and the red wings right so like he was he was in the playoffs his entire uh career and uh, and the jersey sucked when he got there but like you know he he was on them when they were starting to get good and then he got he got traded to the red wings or moved to the red wings i can't remember which um did he get traded yeah he was traded uh And then it was, of course, traded the Red Wings just as they were becoming the best team in the NHL. And so, um, got to play in a lot of games. (laughs) Um, The possession stats, uh, they really don't do much at all. Uh, They make him look like a tiny bit worse offensively, but barely. So it's like not even worth talking about. Sorry, I didn't... That's not possession. And of course, that's the hockey reference because he doesn't qualify for the versus X adjustment, which is the other adjustment. And that's because he just didn't score enough. And uh, hilariously, for a guy who would come to uh, be such an important, considered such an important role on two uh, Detroit Stanley Cup teams, he got to Detroit when he was almost 37 and he was traded for a third round pick. That's all Detroit gave up for him. Wow. So given (laughs) his reputation and given, you know, I mean, this is this is a point in in my life when I wasn't watching a lot of hockey and certainly hadn't watched enough to evaluate defensemen. And we don't have ice time, but given his reputation, it's it's hilarious that he was they got him for that little. um,
1: Yeah, well, it must have been just one of those things where, you know, Jersey was. I guess, sort of trying to get younger, but, uh, you yeah. know, de- smart move for Detroit cause they had, you know, uh, or, or maybe New Jersey was about to have to pay them a lot of money. I don't know. Um, we'd have to go sort of dig really deep on that trade, but, uh, you know, Detroit was sort of building that, you know, fab five sort of yeah. th- the group of Russians to like, you know, just sort of dominate the puck and then, you know, obviously adding another Russian to their team. And a lot of teams at that point had maybe one Russian, maybe, um, yeah. A lot of teams still didn't. Um, uh, so like, like a lot of teams, like the, the way it is now, right? Like there's some Russian players in the league who are like third, like a good third liner. That didn't happen back then. That was yeah. like, you were either a star or you weren't in the league. So, um, you know, adding him to their collection and the the fact that he's such a, you know, like a defensive stalwart was like probably a really good move. And he, he for sure played with all those guys before. So yeah. You know, yeah. All of them, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I mean, I I don't know about Fedorov because Fedorov is so much younger, but certainly Larry Anov, he and, uh, um, yeah, and uh, Kozlov, I don't know about, but like anyway, yeah, I think I think it was absolutely. I mean, it made sense from the Detroit perspective, and then from the New Jersey perspective, he was almost thirty-seven, you know, so, like, you don't expect players to, you know, and he already he's already missing games. He was he was not playing uh, full seasons for jersey. So. Yeah. Just a brief uh comment on his Soviet league career because he's a defenseman, it's extra hard to evaluate because like with at least Makarov for example and Larionov we could see the number of times they led like leagues and teams in scoring, but like not true with Fedosov, but Fedosov scored a ton. Uh he played from 74 to 89 <laughs> with one weird season where he didn't play in 75, 76. Um, he scored 374 points in 478 games, which is, like, it's Russia. So I know it's not a point per game, but he's a defenseman, and it's Russia where they traditionally uh, – really, well, more recently, I guess, they didn't score as much. But, like, that just seems like a lot to me. Um, and there's no standard length of a uh of a uh soviet league season um i don't know i mean we're no experts but like if you look at online you'll see that there was like there was sort of like a first round and it's like you know sometimes it's 20 games sometimes it's 40 games and then there's like a second round and it's like another sort of arbitrary length of games and then there might sort of be a playoff and then they would go of course play for like the, Euro- the european cup yeah. um well the russian one and then the european one and so it's really hard to tell but if you if you Standardize it to 82 games like an NHL season. His average was 64 points, which for a defenseman is, of course, excellent. Um, and and provided that was the NHL, we'd be talking about a guy who's going in the Hall of Fame, right? With yeah, numbers yeah.
1: like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: he also played one game in the KHL, two games in the IHL, and one game in the AHL. Just wanted to mention that. So he's all. That was all. When he was uh, KHL was actually after like, like he was in his. 50s I think when he played the KHL game but the IHL game was during the uh, the lockout and the AHL game was like early on in his NHL career he must have been sent down by Jersey or something or he was rehabbing so NHL accomplishments he was a top 5 defensive player in 96 by defensive point shares uh, that was when he was on uh, Detroit um, and uh, he was top 5 in plus minus and that would be the same year because those two things correlate Uh, And then Soviet League, he was was the MVP of the Soviet League in 82 and 86, which gives you an idea of how well respected he was. Also, much like um, the forward we talked about from the 70s a couple of episodes ago, whose name is escaping me. Was it Harlamov? I think. I think Um, so. yeah. Yeah, he was also a certified master of the sport. And he has a bunch of other uh, Soviet awards, all of which I didn't write down because they all sounded very political and very, like, I had no (laughs) idea what they mean. (laughs) You know, like, soldier of the Red Army and stuff like that. And you're just like, okay. So, um, the really big part, the thing to talk about with Fedosov is, of course, his team success, which is, like, most USSR players from the era is just an avalanche of shit. But he also has NHL stuff to go by. So, by points, he was a top four defenseman on the uh, Stanley Cup champion Red Wings in 97, and um, he was top six by points in 98. We don't have the ice time because it was 99 when they started tracking ice time, so he literally <laughs> retired right before. So, no idea what his actual role was because I I was uh, a Leafs fan at the time and was just actually getting back into hockey, and literally when the Leafs would get eliminated, I feel like prior to the uh, Sabres um, stars final, I didn't, I wouldn't watch the rest of the playoffs once at least. We're yeah. Out. Yeah. Because I was not really that serious yet. So I don't, I didn't see these teams play. Um, yeah. So I have no, I, and, and I wouldn't have known anyway, cause I was a really like, I mean, I like, I loved Yannick Perot. Like it was like, that was yeah. where I was in a hockey, in my hockey fandom. So, um, <laughs> I don't know if I could have evaluated his play anyway, but, uh, I, I mean, I didn't see him play, so I have no idea what role he was playing beyond the fact that it was clearly a morbid defensive role um yeah. and he was super old right so like you yeah, can't yeah, yeah, super like, fleet of yeah. foot
1: it's um he was definitely uh you know sort of like the crafty veteran defenseman you can put out there and just eat eat difficult minutes against the other team's players and sort of trust him in every situation. He's definitely that yeah. guy i I remember paying attention to, you know, obviously they had that. Obviously, like since I'm a Vancouver fan, I watch a lot more Western hockey. And, uh, you know, Detroit and Colorado were ridiculous. Uh, you know, both yes. those teams were so stacked. And every time they played, it was crazy. Like amazing, amazing hockey. Um, but I, yeah, I think I, I started think watching
0: those like a little a year or two later. Like, yeah. Uh, you know what? I don't know when I actually, I watched a lot of Colorado Detroit. I might've watched those and just not, <laughs> not the final. I don't know. People told me they were, those were the finals, right? Like it was like watching the Stanley Cup final. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: um, sorry. It
1: was Yeah. It was um, I, from memory. I just remember that, you know, he was, he was out there a lot and was like a really important part of that team. Um, and like the, I I still remember earlier, but it was it was harder to watch them back then, like when they had all the Russians and they were just like, that like their their power play was just crazy. You know, he was a part of that, but I I don't have I don't have like memories of watching it as much as sort of like knowing the stats and stuff, because uh, it was so much harder to watch those Western teams all the time. But uh, you so know, some power play points. There, yeah like most be-
0: most of his points, sorry, sorry to interrupt Bill, but most of his points in 96-97 are power play points,
1: yeah, yeah, they still had that like you know they it's it's sort of it's like that you know that that veteran defenseman who can still do sort of like almost like uh, uh, Niedermeyer at the end of his career, yeah. like he didn't quite have the wheels he once had, but he was just so crafty, calm with the puck, like just that kind of guy you need to sort of make a power play work or like a, you know, like make your top D pairing work, just like a, this guy knows what to do. You know, he may get burned like, you know, once every 10 games by some young kid who's just lights out fast, but for the most part, he just doesn't get beat, you know, and he's going to provide us with offense and great defense. Like you can just leave him out there for half the game kind of thing. So that's sort of the, the, the loose memory I have of him, but again, not a Detroit fan. And it was hard to watch as many games as you'd like to back then. So, um,
0: so, uh, he has, of course, a whole bunch of other team accomplishments, aside from two Stanley Cups. Uh, he won um, two Olympic gold medals, and as far as I can tell, uh, he was the best player on both of those teams. He led his teams in points um, in 84 and 88, uh, which is something for a defenseman, of course. Um, and generally speaking, as a rule of thumb, and I know this was that was pros on amateurs, of course, but like... I, you and I have talked about this before, Bill. That like when a defenseman leads his team in points and he's winning it in in a playoff of some kind, like that is a that is a big deal, you know, and worthy of uh, celebrating. Um, he was also uh, possibly the best defenseman on a silver medalist team in '80. Um, they also uh, won the World C- the Canada Cup, now the World Cup in '81, and he was the best defenseman by points, but weirdly didn't make the tournament All Star team. I don't oh. know why. That was strange. Yeah. Um, that would be one of the few blemishes, I think, on his record is the fact that he didn't make the tournament all star team in the Canada Cup because, like, you'd think that, like, usually these guys have, like, a ton of accolades, right? Um, world championships. Uh, he won um, many, uh, he won eight. Um, he was awarded the uh, Best Defenseman of the Tournament award uh, four times in 78, 82, 86, and 89 when they won. Um, and uh, and also the media all-star thing um, and then two other times in 83 and 90 he was awarded a media all-star as a defenseman but was not given the best defenseman award As well as on uh, a silver and a bronze in eighty-seven and ninety-one, he also got a media all-star, but they didn't actually win. And then two other times they won in seventy-seven and eighty-one. They won, but he he didn't get any uh, recognition uh, and didn't lead his team in point or defenseman in points. But still, he won eight eight world championships and played a major role in six of them. Um, A really big role, uh, like possibly pivotal. And then in the Soviet league, he won 13 championships because he played for CSKA Moscow, the team that won all the championships back then. Um, Basically aside from 76 between 75 and 89, I think he won every single season and he was by any standard that I can see using internet stats, the best defenseman on every one of those teams. Um, So uh, yeah. And he seems to have been hurt in, in, in uh one in 76 um world juniors he won two world junior gold medals (laughs) he was also the best defenseman of the tournament in both 77 and 78 when they won and he was a media all-star of course uh he also uh won a third sorry he won a third one in 76 but he was like he was a kid and uh you know didn't get any individual recognition he didn't score but so i mean given the way that's work, he was, he might've even been just like on the bench or something. Yeah. And then he also won a European junior <laughs> twice in 75 and 76. And in 75, he was just a role player, but in 76, he was given the best defenseman tournament award. So the number of best defenseman tournament awards he has between the uh, world championships and the world juniors is like, well, I don't know. Uh, Seven of them? Which has got to be some kind of record. Yeah. Um, I think. Because, uh, of course, North American ones wouldn't have played in this many tournaments. But his international his international uh, accomplishments are just like you would expect for a star USSR pl- SSR player of the era. Are stunning and just kind of overwhelming. And the big question, as always, is does someone who played his best hockey in Russia along in the Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto. Um, and, you know, as in the past, you and I Bill, have been on opposite sides of that, uh, but he did play 546 regular season games and another 116 playoff games in the NHL. So do you have strong feelings?
1: Um, I don't think I have strong feelings. I feel like the fact that he came over so late in his career and was like, you know, like a mainstay top four defenseman. Um, you know, and knowing that he, you know, must have been better when he was younger. Um, you know, I don't have I don't have an issue with it because he, you know, I mean I've established my like you shouldn't get in if you're you know you you did most of your damage as an international player. That's why they have the double IHF Hall of Fame. But since they've opened that Pandora's box, I I would say along with the the other Russians who've been inducted, he definitely belongs. And I think he played sort of the most out of. Um, you know most of the guys who had their their accolades, you know, in the in the 70s and 80s for Russia. He actually came over and did some NHL damage in the 90s, and he was you know towards the tail end of his career and still very good. So um, yeah, I, I don't have an issue with him being in. I
0: I would say also that uh, I think he has a better case than Laryanov actually, I because would agree, Laryanov yeah. played more games in the NHL, but Fedosov appears to play it at a higher level, and also Fedosov has more like. Like awards in general. Yeah. If you if you if you look at it, Fedosov's international awards, like his tournament awards, he's just got ridiculous number of them. And Laryanov was the best player on those same Russian teams, like a couple times, maybe. It Looks like Fedosov might have been a lot. And to me, that's worth something. Um, so I mean, I had questions about Laryanov being in, and I and unlike you, I, had, I obviously if you listen to our Makarov episode, I was very pro Makarov being in. I think, but like this guy, I think like to me is more slam dunk than, uh, than, um, I so yeah, okay.
1: I would a hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. He's, yeah. I mean, it's if I've, I've, I've obviously stated my problem with, you know, people with, yeah. you know, international cases being in, um, but I'm going to sort of, you know, I think I've beat that drum loudly enough that I've pissed enough people off that I can, I can let it slide. If, if the hall's letting in the Russian players, uh, who did, you know, more international uh, or had more international accolades than NHL accolades, if they're recognizing that international dominance, then yeah, Fatisov's got to be in. Like, not even a question.
0: So, uh, the rest of the players are all uh, NHL players, and we can drop the uh, <laughs> that debate. Um, though, uh, the first one is, um, is uh, Yari Curry, who is, uh, of course, from Finland. Um, Curry played uh from 19 uh 80 to 1998 um though he was drafted in uh no he wasn't actually oh, okay i i made a little mistake when we were preparing this but it's fine he was drafted in 80 you know what it was he played he has this weird thing where Finland briefly joined the WHA um like there was a Finnish team in the in the WHA for some reason in 78 really? 79 yeah uh they played like one game, but they, but they're in there. And so because of that, I said his career, his pro career started or his, uh, in 78, um, and confused the hell out of myself. Anyway, uh, he played for about 17 seasons, uh, 15 of them are quality in terms of points per game. Uh, he, he, uh, scored a lot as we know. He, uh, he has 600 goals, uh, which was ninth all time when he retired. It's now 20th, but, um, of course, ninth would be very, very good. He is the second Finn only eclipsed by Timu. Um, he has almost 800 assists, which uh, was 20th all-time in his retirement and is more than Timu has. Um, he was 14th all-time in points in his retirement, slightly two under 1,400. Uh, he's now 21st all-time, and he is behind Timu. He is plus 304, which was 23rd all-time in his retirement and is high, is the first Finn as well. Uh, he's uh, third in games played among Finnish players behind um, Teppo and Timu. And uh, he's second in point shares behind Timu Salani. Uh, he's uh, among uh, among Finns. And he's second in offensive point shares behind Timu as well. Um, and he was 19th all-time in offensive point shares among all players when he retired. He is also 20th all-time still to this day in points per game among all players. So he's drafted in eighty. And uh, he was drafted 69th overall because I guess with the Finns, it was a little less unlikely they were coming over than the Russians. Yeah. Um, As you might expect from someone who has nearly 1,400 points, he looks pretty good in his draft. He's first in goals, first in plus minus, second in points, fourth in assists, fourth in point shares, and fourth in games. So point shares, he's behind Paul Coffey, Larry Murphy, and Kelly Rudy. and He's two behind Kelly Rudy and just the caveat there, as always, goalies get more point shares as part of the yeah. calculation because that calculation thinks goalies who are on the ice the entire game get more share of the point. Uh, but he's like two, he's literally two point shares behind Kelly Rudy, so he's basically third. And he's behind, you know, two guys we talked about a couple episodes ago who had yeah. Hall of Fame careers. And defensemen also get more point shares because of the game. Absolutely. Who.
1: Yeah, yeah, the ones that are right there on the ice more,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Naturally. So he, uh, yeah, especially since actually um, the point share calculation once IceM was introduced, takes that into account as well. So, um, so arrowwise, uh, he actually—it's uh, funny. Well, uh, I'll, I'll I'll say that for a second. So of the nine players playing at least fifteen seasons between 1980 and 1998, um, all of whom are all but one who were in the Hall <laughs> of Fame, including Curry. Curry is in goals goals for it. So that's behind Gretzky and goal-wise those years. uh, I guess Messi, maybe? I don't know. Um, Yeah, probably. Uh, Maybe Mike
1: Bossy, actually, for those years.
0: Oh, uh, I'm pretty sure Curry has more goals than Mike Bossy does.
1: Over that same period?
0: Maybe not. Bossy 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 retired in 87 or 88. We're talking... Yeah,
1: but he was like a... Pretty, pretty lock on 50 gold guy, but I guess with Curry riding with Gretzky, he was going way over 50 goals many, many times. Well, also,
0: we're talking about 80 to 98, whereas Bossy started in like 77, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I yeah, gotcha.
0: Um, anyway, I, I didn't write it down, but my guess would be Messier if I had to put money on it, but I i don't know. Um, he is third, la- there are only seven, there are only nine players we're talking about, but he's third last in assists, which tells you something about the way he played. Yeah. Uh, which makes sense given who he was playing with uh, And he's fifth in points, fourth and plus minus um, fifth in offensive point shares, but he's a third forward because Bork and coffee are also in this group. Um, and he is second last among those nine players in defensive point shares. I'm not sure anyone cares about Curry's defense. His 82 game average for his career is 92 points and plus 20, which is pretty great. But here's where it gets silly. His three year peak, 83, 86, his 80 game average is 141 points and plus 60. So that's something. That uh, is
1: something.
0: <laughs> it's 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 definitely like silly like silly levels like Paul Coffee, like Paul Coffey's was too like it was just yeah. preposterous. Um, his playoff numbers he's third all time in goals, seventh all time in assists, third all time in points, first all time in plus minus actually, funnily enough, and twenty second all time in games played. So he's well above his 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 uh totals are well above where he should be. And he's 10th all-time in playoff ga- goals per game and 8th all-time in playoff points per game. Shockingly, he is not on uh, top 25 for assists per game, but that's not who he was. Um, adjusting for ERA, uh, hockey reference adjustment for ERA hurts him a lot. It's minus 14 points for 82 games, down to 78, so he's not quite a point-per-game player if you adjust for ERA, either hockey reference or um, or uh, versus X, actually. But if you set a qualifier to 1,230 games played, he has 19th all-time in adjusted goals per game and 22nd all-time in adjusted points per game. Of course, two hundred twelve hundred and thirty games is a lot. Yeah. Uh, versus X uh, docks him a little bit more on goals and fewer on assists. He actually has more points with the versus X adjustments. Slightly? No, no Slightly fewer. Oh, no, because their, their adjustment's weird, so I won't get into that. Um, same thing. He is in. in High up on the per game list for the adjustment, but if you set it to 1,230 games, he does better. He's 21st all time and adjusted goals per game. So we have uh, uh, two trades, one of which is very complicated because mm-hmm. uh, it is a three game, uh, three team trade. And that is that he was uh, traded, uh, how old was he? Um, at 31. Um, and officially, because of the way three team trades work, is he was first traded to Philadelphia and then he was traded to LA. So uh, for, to Philly, he was traded with Dave Brown and Corey Foster to uh, Philadelphia for Craig Fisher, Scott Mellenby and Craig Barube, which I got to say, as we've talked about with, with multiple Edmonton Oilers, you look at these deals and you think every single time you have to think the Oilers were trying to save money oh, because absolutely. they're always, it's always the same. It's always like, trade star for guys who are not stars, you know? <laughs> like, yeah,
1: trade, trade for a guy who's been signed for another few years at a very low, low yeah, number. Yeah, Okay, yeah. perfect. That's what we need.
0: And, like, Scott Mellenby was a lot younger, but, like, it's Scott Mellenby. It's not, like, you know, this is Yari Curry we're talking about. Yeah,
1: yes, absolutely.
0: And then, so, and then the second part of the trade is he was traded with uh, Jeff Chitron? can't remember how to pronounce his name. Yeah, Uh, For uh, Steve uh, Duchesne, Steve Casper, and a fourth-round pick that became Eris Brismanis. Um, So that at least, that one at least, Steve Duchesne was, like, briefly a star offensive defenseman, right? Like, uh, so, uh, that's something. But, like, on the whole, it sure looks like L.A. got the best of it, despite Curry's age.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: And they were, of course, trying to pair him with Gretzky. And then uh, three years later, at the trade deadline, he was traded to the Rangers, who were presumably trying to win another cup, with Martin McSorley and Shane Churla, um, for Ray Ferraro, uh, Ian LaPerriere, and Matthias Nordstrom, who was about to become, like, Mr. King, um, and a fourth-round pick. Uh, and I just, in the notes, I wrote, is this the most Rangers trade of all time? Because... <laughs> They acquired Yari Curry, 34, Marnie McSorley, 34, Shane Shirla 30, for Ray Ferraro, who was 31, but Le Perrier was 22, Nordstrom was 24, and a and a pick. They're like, how can we get older and more expensive? Let's go after Yari Curry, you know? It's like... Anyway, it just feels like an extraordinarily Rangers trade, uh, trying to acquire an old guy uh, for, for your young... I mean, I know Ferrara wasn't young, but the other two were. And not that they became stars or anything, but like still. All right. So those are the trades. Um I mean I don't know who won that Rangers one. Ferrari <laughs> played a, a lot long longer, but Yeah. So I,
1: I, uh I don't remember Curry playing for the Rangers at all and like which which is weird. Um that I don't like I have no memory of it whatsoever. Like when you said that, when you said he got traded, I'm like Oh it was l a wasn't it? it? couldn't have been the Rangers and then you said the Rangers one I'm like holy crap he did there's a reason a- you don't
0: remember it bill Ooh. he played he played fourteen regular season games for the Rangers and then he played uh eleven playoff games and uh, then he signed with the ducks in the off season huh and I then signed with the avalanche either. like a year or two later
1: <laughs> well I don't remember with any of those teams like <laughs> beyond yeah. the Kings that was it like I don't yeah. remember it
0: yeah i mean he was old and ineffective I think at this point. I mean his like his numbers uh there so Rangers he was a point three six free game player points per game player um Anaheim point 4, four and Colorado. This is after being point nine with the Kings and of course point one point four with the Oilers. Uh weirdly he finished top five in Selkie voting four times. I don't know if there's any, any like, I don't know what that is. Is it just like he was back faster than Gretzky? I don't, I don't know if he was actually any good defensively. Uh, He obviously has great plus minus numbers, but he played on the Oilers. Um, hockey uh references point shares like him of course they like him because uh he scored a lot of goals so he was a top five player by point shares twice in 85 and 86 and then top 10 in and 87 and he was a top five offensive player four times 84 85 86 87 and top 10 in 89 all those years with the oilers but he was scoring a lot he led the nhl in goals once and goals three game twice and he is one of only eight players to score 70 goals in a season and one of only six players to score 65 goals twice and you know you can go down that list He did lots of things a bunch of times until you get down to... His career was shorter than a lot of other star goal scorers. Not bossy, obviously, but a lot of other players. And uh, So, you know, you get down to the 25 and 20 goal frequency, it's not so impressive. But, like, whether it's 50, 45, 40, 30, he did it more than most people. Assist-wise, he was top 10 assists three times, because he played with Gretzky, but otherwise, it's not notable. Though he's one of only 16 players to have 50 assists 10 times, but again how much of that has to do with playing with Gretzky for nine years or eight years or whatever. Um, He never led the league in points, but he was top five three times, top ten six times, top five in points per game, four times, which is fairly uh, frequently one of only eight players ever to score 130 points twice, twice, Twice. which is crazy. Man. Uh, And, uh, you know, he uh, uh, had 110 points, three times, 100 points, six times, 90 points, eight times, lots of, impressive offensive stats. Um, And then his great teams, he of course won five Stanley Cups. Uh, And he is notable for, he didn't ever lead any of those teams in points, but he led three of them in even strength goals, which is now something that like, I think as a, as a, you know, as everyone's getting smarter about analytics and stuff is quite impressive, right? Like, It's the power play is an advantage, and there are people who score more on the power play. And at least in the playoffs, Curry was the even strength goal scorer of the Oilers, Um, and that's you know he led he led the Oilers three out of those five cups. He led them in uh, in even strength goals, which is pretty impressive. We of course don't have ice time, but you know he was a top three forward on on all of them, and uh, except except uh, maybe in '90. All of them, and um, yeah, he, uh, you know, he he would have very impressive playoff numbers in terms of totals if he wasn't playing with Gretzky, right? Yeah, because he scored yeah. he scored thirty points twice in the playoffs, but like Gretzky was scoring, you know, forty. So yeah,
1: yeah. it's Gretzky, right? And yeah, yeah. Just, well, I, and and some people I think will make the argument look, like, oh yeah, of course, Kareem has great numbers. He played with Gretzky. It's all because of that. But I think you have to recognize that. You know, you don't get to play with Wayne Gretzky unless you're putting the puck in the net when he gives you a good chance, you know. It's not like uh, it's not like all the passes gave him complete empty nets. Like, he was a, yeah. a great player in his own right. He just happened to play with Gretzky. So, yeah, it might inflate his numbers a little playing with the, you know, the greatest hockey, you know, at least offensive hockey player uh, who's probably ever lived. But, um, you know, I think Curry would have scored 50 goals even not playing with Gretzky, you know. Um, even if he played with Messi, I'm sure he still scores 50 goals multiple times. So,
0: yeah. And like, um, you know, it's, it's worth noting. I didn't, I didn't figure out the number, the frequency with which, um, he scored 20 or more points in the playoffs, but he did it six times, which has to be, you know, behind Gretzky and Lemieux. Yeah. And, and I don't know who else, uh.
1: Maybe Iserman No, no Iserman had a lot of first round exits. So. Yeah, yeah. I don't
0: I don't know how often that's happened, but um you know, it's it's fairly uncommon. And uh so I'd say uh, it's it's pretty unlikely that too many other players have done that. Especially because of course prior to the uh, prior to the expansion of the league there wouldn't have been that many opportunities. Um so he also uh, he won a world junior championship um in nineteen eighty one. I'm sorry, not 1981, 1980, and uh, he uh, he had a huge role in that. Um, he actually, uh, though he didn't, they sorry, not won. I'm sorry, second place, silver. Um, I meant to say silver, but because uh, Finland never won these things, but like he uh, he tied for the lead in points along with Vladimir Krutov, who had who was on the Soviets, who won. So he had a very good tournament uh, that year, but otherwise, because he was on. You know Finland. <laughs> We're talking about um, not a lot of international success because he, you know, he's on Finland before the Finns became the Finns, right? That we that we think of as this like powerhouse. I mean, they still have relatively few medals compared to everybody else. Um, but like this, this, you know, this sort of idea of like Finland being a really strong international team—not necessarily World Juniors, but internationally—you um, know that it's not really. That wasn't really what was going on in the 80s, right? Um, Though he also won a a championship, or not won, again, Jesus. uh, He he, he had a silver in 94. Um, I don't know why he would have been 94. Was he he on the... Oh, yeah, the Kings, I guess, weren't in the playoffs um, that year. Uh, And he had a pretty big role in that as well, though Solani would have been on that too. So two two silvers, basically, and um, and because you know you're on Finland and they're a small yeah. country. Yeah, well, like was...
1: up until I would say up until the last like 15, 20 years, uh, Finland was always sort of like the, you know, maybe them and the Americans were the bottom of the like six really good hockey nations, um, and and since then they've uh, they've sort of moved up both of them, uh, sort of into being in the top four typically, or at least in the top five. Uh, depending on the year um, you know if we assume the big three to be Canada Sweden and uh, and uh, the the Russians uh, you know I would say Finland and the Americans are sort of tied for fourth but uh, yeah there's a lot of years where they're better than you know any one of those three countries if they have a good year so they're they're right in the conversation whereas the Czechs used to be a solid like very clearly the number four and they sort of slid back to maybe being the number six so it's it's, it's be- interesting.
0: Having your country sp- split in half probably has something to do with it too.
1: Oh yeah, if uh, if if, uh, if Czechoslovakia were still one country, oh they'd be they'd be really really strong. Like they'd be very hard yeah. to beat. So.
0: So I don't think there's much debate with Curry. I mean, it's it seems silly. I mean, you can like you said, Bill, you can have some people claiming that like he wouldn't have been the same player without Gretzky, but we don't know that. And it's safe to say that he is at least the second best Finnish player of all time. I my. Having watched a lot of Timu, I would vote for Timu. But I also didn't watch Curry. so That's true, yeah. What does that yeah, mean? I would
1: also vote Timu, but that's because I saw his whole career and I didn't see a, at least half of Curry's, really.
0: Yeah. But, like, he's, he's either the second or first best Finn of all time, which counts for something given Finn's hockey history. And he just, you know, he had a great career. And it's really, to me, there's just no doubt whatsoever. Oh, yeah.
1: Anybody arguing against this, like, dude, like, there, you know, there are some players where I will sit down and entertain your argument of why he shouldn't be in over a beer. Uh, Yeri Curry is not like a non-starter. Not doing yeah, that.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so speaking of players who you might entertain the idea, <laughs> yeah. um, when when we do this show and Bill wants to bring up a player who doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame, <laughs> that player is usually Mike Gartner. Uh, and that is who we're talking about now. Um, oh, yes,
1: we finally got there.
0: Yeah, we finally got there. Uh he actually his career started two years earlier than Curry's, so I screwed up, but I because I had them both listed seventy eight because of that weird thing where Curry played in the WHA for a game in nineteen seventy-eight. Um so uh Mike Gardner also played in the WHA for a season in nineteen seventy eight, but he actually played for a season, but we'll get to that. Um Mike Gardner played for twenty seasons between seventy eight and ninety eight, and by points per game, nineteen of those are quality. Uh, He has 700 goals, and when he retired, he was only the fifth player in history to do that. Uh, He is now seventh all-time. He has only 627 assists, so he has fewer assists than he has goals, which is, when you get to 700 goals, kind of like hilarious. Um, He was 18th all-time in points. When he retired, he has fewer points than Yari Curry. It's worth pointing out, um, despite... uh, Having more goals than Yari Curry by a hundred, um, so that's something, you know, says something about my Gardner. I guess he's only plus sixty-eight in comparison to Yari Curry's plus whatever three hundred. Uh, <laughs> kind of however, a comparison though. <laughs> no, 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 Gardner uh, was uh, fifth all-time in games played at his retirement, so significantly more than uh, Yari Curry. Uh, Like 200 games more-ish. Almost 200 games more. Basically two full seasons more than Curry. Uh, 121 point shares. I've not put him in the top 25. Even when he retired. He was 16th all-time in offensive point shares when he retired though. And he is 22nd all-time still in goals per game. Of course he played in the 80s. So. He was drafted 4th overall in 1979. And um. I'm just gonna pull that up. Uh, he, of course, is first in that. Uh, that is the Rob Bramage draft, and he is first oh, in yeah. goals in that draft. You'll be surprised to learn he is somehow fifth in assists, though. Mm. He didn't, you know. And he's like so far behind Messier and Bork. It's really funny. Like yeah. Bork and Messier. Messier almost has 1,200. Bork is is only a like 20 something behind Messier. And then like the drop off is next is Dale Hunter with 697. Wow. it's just like what yeah well they're, they're
1: both hall of famers right like
0: yeah 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 um and so gart so it's messier bork hunter neil broden and gartner in terms of assists and then in points yeah, it's messier bork and then gartner and gartner has 200 and almost 250 fewer than bork does so tells us something i guess um he is uh third in point shares behind the same two players and he is way 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 behind them but bork is so far this is the thing we we keep joking about like bork is like a career ahead of mark messier in terms of point shares in this draft um (laughs) basically uh but like gartner is like another like 40 point shares behind mark messier um just goes to show you how more frequently their teams won but also they're judged to be more important players to their teams than he is um and he's 13 games played behind the same two players uh, uh, players, uh, of course. Uh, era-wise, uh, he is uh, of, of the ten players to play in at least uh, 1,230 games or 15 full seasons between '79 and '98. He is second in goals and goals per game behind Gretzky. So, actually, that's hey, that's who's ahead of Curry. It's Gar. <laughs> And then in terms of uh, total goals and goals for game. And then he is uh, ninth or second last in assists and assists for game, which is not a surprise. And he is seventh out of 10 in points and points for game. So not one of the top five players of his era, um, which I don't think either of us are surprised. He's also second last in uh, plus minus. Um, It's worth noting, he is somehow the second forward in defensive point shares. I never thought of Gardner as a defensive player, but it's, I mean, these are just all high-scoring players, so who the hell knows? He's also first in games played among this group, which is interesting. He's the healthiest.
1: Oh, yeah. He, he, he like, basically never missed a game. His longevity is the one thing that gives him sort of... I I think that's why he got in, but, you know, I don't think either of us prize longevity, but he did play a very full career. Yeah.
0: so his 82 game average is 76 points per uh, 82 games. So not not a point per game despite playing in the 80s, and he's only plus four. His peak 82-85 is 90 points per 82 80 games, which is good. It's quite good. It's you know it's borderline at that era. It's it's you're you're going the All Star game anyway. You may not you're not making an end of season All Star team, but you're going the All Star game mm-hmm. and plus 12. So better. Um, his playoff stats, uh, 93 points, minus 10 in 122 games. But of course, he played for the Capitals, which we should remember. Yes. Um, and okay. uh, and also briefly, the North Stars, where he got a bit of a nasty minus as well. Um, and, you know, was only really on good teams in the playoffs when he was on the Rangers. And the Rangers were still a year or two away when he was there. And yeah. then also, and then the Leafs, and then he was only he was on the Leafs when they were good, and then also as they were starting to be bad again, and then he was on Phoenix. So, you know, he didn't he wasn't on a great team. So the fact that he's a minus in the playoff isn't really, you know, a huge yeah. Indict- I don't think of the
1: yeah. indictment of him.
0: Yeah. Um. Uh, his uh era adjustment hurts him, but I didn't calculate it. which... His 82 game average for some reason, um, but it, it knocks him down a bunch. He goes down from 1,400 or, sorry, 1,300 points to 1,100 points. So we're talking about more like a 60 something points per 82 games than 76, um, which is not great. Um, in fact, that's starting to get to territory where we wouldn't be talking about him um, being in the Hall mm-hmm. of Fame. Uh, he is, of course, okay. not in a adjusted per games, but if you uh, set the qualifier for 1,230 games played or 15 seasons, he is, he is 17th all-time in adjusted goals per game for hockey reference and 16th for versus X, but again got, you got to have that qualifier of, of 15 seasons. Versus X has him as the 23rd all-time goal scorer uh, total, and hockey reference has him at 19th all-time and it's worth noting he he would have been 7th all-time in his retirement in terms of adjusted goals. There are some trades because uh, this is a guy who got around. Yeah, so He did. He played on the other hand, he played for the Capitals for a long time before he was traded. He was 29 Absolutely. when he was traded. And it's a trade that we've talked about before uh, twice. <laughs> this is the third time we were talking about this trade. And that trade is uh, at 29 years old, Gartner was traded to the North Stars with Larry Murphy for Dino Cisrelli and Bob Bruce. And we've Talked about them a bunch of times. Generally speaking, I think we both thought the North Stars were getting the better deal, considering they were getting Larry Murphy. Yeah, I would agree like, with that. Yeah. I think a couple years younger than Gartner at this point, if memory serves. I think so, yeah. At this point, like they ever, their age difference moved. <laughs> um, and that then, like the a year. Surpassed. Yeah, yeah. And then a year... So that was a trade deadline deal. And then a year later... there's This is a theme. And then a year later at the trade deadline, the North Stars traded him and Ulf Dolan um, uh, to uh, the Rangers. Um, oh, sorry. For Ulf Dahlen. I'm sorry. My mistake. For Ulf Dolan. So it was straight up. And there was a well, there was a fourth round pick in there, but it didn't end up meant anything. Which feels like... I don't know what the North Stars were doing, because... You you may not like, you may not think Mike Gardner belongs in the Hall of Fame, but like I think he was a more reliable offensive player than Wolf Dolan was. But yeah, I would agree. Yeah, and then three years later, at the you'll be shocked at the trade deadline, he was traded to Toronto for Glenn Anderson, Scott Malone, and a fourth rounder, which is just so Leafs, you know? Yep. Like, I, yeah, like three years earlier, the Rangers get. Gartner for Ulf dolan and a fourth round pick. And then the Leafs are like, well, we need, you know, like we're, we got to give up like more shit in order to get him because we're stupid. And for some reason, different, different regimes always the same thing. Veteran at the trade deadline better throw a whole bunch of assets at the other team. Um, Toronto
1: currently has like three or four guys that are almost 40, and Joe Thornton, who's well over 40. Um, they're, they're, they're doing it again, but like, I think at least these are at
0: least these are signings though, Bill. They're not yeah, throwing yeah. away like.
1: That's true. That's true. But well, th- the thing is too, they can get those guys for really cheap now because older players don't make the they don't command the salaries they used to before. So it's actually yeah. quite a smart move under the salary cap, at least. So. Yeah.
0: No, no I, but yeah, this this franchise loves their old guys. Um, <laughs> I mean, on the other hand, at least they didn't give up prospects like Anderson and uh, Gartner are the same age, and Scott Malone is also the same age. So. Yeah. It's just hilarious to me that, like, you know, his value was apparently so low three years earlier, and then not not that trading through looked okay. down as low, but like it's like you're there's additional anyway. It's just it's just very Leafs, and then the last trade is at 35. He was traded to Phoenix by Toronto for a fourth round pick that didn't become anybody. So his value had once again, uh, in only two years, had <laughs> once cratered. Um. So uh, he was only a top player, uh, top 10 player in offensive point shares once in 85. So he really was not a years. star, um, which is, I think, the big quibble uh, that that Bill has. However, it's worth noting uh, something. Uh, um, he is the only player in history to score 35 goals 14 times. He's also the only player in history to score 30 goals 17 times. Seventeen. <laughs> wow, that's insane.
1: Yeah, but, but, but that's that's the reason that some people would vote him in, right? He's just yeah. like it's not like it's not remarkably consistent, like 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 wow numbers. They're just remarkably consistent, good numbers. Like you knew you were going to get your goals from him, kind of thing, you know? Um, yeah, I
0: mean that's not a star, you know, necessarily, especially given that he played in the '80s. But I don't know. I still like. 17. That's, that's a, that's a ridiculous number of, of goals uh no times to do, to do that. Um, I realized I didn't, I didn't look at, um, I didn't look at a uh, number of times. Score five, which I'm just going to pull up right now. Cause I'm curious how many that is too. Cause it's 18, but I just, Oh no, it isn't. Oh, that was in the WHA. That's why I didn't look that up. Okay. I mean, the fact is he was in the league for 19 seasons and, and all but two of those who scored thirty goals. So that is something. Um I mean he he is, you know, points wise it, it's uh, you know, points and assists wise, he didn't really he didn't have a lot of assists, right? Um however he is one of only eight players to score sixty points sixteen times, and he's one of only eighteen players to have fifty points seventeen times. So he had the longevity is there. Yeah. Um Oh, I forgot to mention when we were talking about Curry that Curry's all, uh, first and second team All Stars. I forgot to mention that, but he had a few of them. Where's Mike Gardner? Obviously, did not. So Mike Gardner, team success wise, not not on the level of Fedosov or Curry. Um, he he, the furthest he ever got in the NHL was on the '94 uh, Leafs. Uh, uh, which he actually was, at least by points, was playing a top three role because they had, of course, traded Glenn Anderson for him. And uh, at this point, Andrew Chuck, I don't know who was, I don't know remember the lines anymore. But like, uh, I know uh, Gartner had a better playoff than than, or Clark might have been hurt actually. I don't quite remember right now. Um, that year, I'm gonna have to look it up. Um, I can't even remember if Clark was hurt or not or it was, uh, yeah, sorry. Enerchuk uh, had a slightly worse playoff, uh, than Gartner did. Um, and, uh, they actually got some contributions defenseman that year. And basically Doug Gilmore scored all the points and nobody else. Um, he, he did win two world, uh, sorry, Canada cups in 84 and 87, but he was not a star on either of them as you would expect, because, uh, especially the 87 one had, had Lemieux. Um, but like you know they, they had a lot of other people ahead of him on the depth chart he won a bro- two bronze medals at the world ju- uh, championships and one bronze at the world juniors he was not a star on any of those teams
1: yeah so, i mean he, he, was, he wasn't a star player
0: yeah like, so really here, here he wasn't a star player here is my my counter to your argument that he doesn't belong in the hall of fame when he retired, he was fifth all-time in goals, regardless of whether it's 700 or not. Are you telling me that the guy who is fifth all-time in goals shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame?
1: When he played, like, five more seasons than anybody else who's close to him, like, of course he got there. I'm, I'm much more of a goals-per-game kind of guy. Um, well, he's 20, something...
0: 22nd in goals-per-game. That's not nothing.
1: It's not nothing.
0: There are a lot of guys in the Hall of Fame who are not 22nd in goal for him.
1: It's true, but he did play during the highest scoring era too. That is true. So I don't know. Like to, to me he was never he was never dominant. He was never the best player on his team. Well, maybe the Capitals are terrible, but um, <laughs> Hey like he was never that guy you're like, oh you got Mike Gardner. Oh you, you know, that's he's lagged out. Like it was just like he's really good and he did it for a really, really long time, but I if it's my hall of fame, I don't want him in there for being very good for a long time. Um, you know, it's hard to do what he did, but like a guy like with, you know, let's say who played as long as Messier, but Messier had seasons where, and you know, I hate Messier. You can't even argue with it. Right. Like I have nothing against Gardner, by the way. I don't, I don't hate my Gardner. Like he, he's fine. Like he was a good player, but I, I think, you know un- until Kevin Lowe got put in, it was sort of like they really Mike Gartner's in the Hall of Fame, like he was good, but
0: like I don't see I think we've talked about so many other players who are who have a worse case than he does but so but that's,
1: many it's inducted so recently, so it's almost like once they let in Gartner, it opened the floodgates
0: i I don't know if that's true we'll We'll see I guess as we keep going back in time I, think I mean so. certainly the guys I'm thinking of have all been inducted since Gartner, but like. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the same here. Like, so I think that was sort of like, Wolf well, if Gardner's in, this guy's got to be in too. Like, okay, here he goes. But,
0: but that's, so, I, I guess that might be true. It just seems crazy to me. What What's what like, the
1: highest number of goals he ever scored in a season? 50. In the 80s, right?
0: Yeah, in the 80s. Yeah,
1: so like, I, you scored 50 goals, and what do you do? There's like 20 guys scoring 50 goals in the 80s. Yep, yeah. that's true. So like... I guess if he if he would have scored 50 in the mid 90s, it would have been like holy shit! Like maybe he's legitimately that good. But like I always remember him as like he's gonna get, you know, 20, 25, 30 goals. I think I remember as like a 30 goal guy every year. But it's like he was never like winning scoring titles. Like just he to me he was just you know he's he's the captain of the Hall of Very you know you know the 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 B team of of the Hall of Fame. You know like just i don't know that he should be in but then again i i, I want a, I want a hall with very very high standards and the hall has not done that
0: yeah um i guess i just i listen i generally i think peak over longevity every time but there's a degree of longevity that occurs and we're not talking about games play we're talking about goals where like it just becomes overwhelming like it seems to me that it would be a very strange Hall of Fame to have the the at the guy who's currently seventh all time in goals scored, fifth when he retired, and isn't like fortieth all time in goals per game or something like that. He's only twenty second to not have that guy in the Hall of Fame, and I understand he's a compiler and all that stuff, but like yeah. I just I just feel like it's like I am so much more mad about Clark Gillies or um, Dick Duff, or guys who were not only – not only were they not stars, they didn't play long either, relatively speaking, you know? like, And, and they're only in there – or like Glenn Anderson makes me more mad than Mike Gartner does because <laughs> Glenn Anderson was like the fifth best player on his team. Yeah, Gartner was at times – I know it's the Capitals, but at times the best player on that team, probably. Yeah, but if you, you put know? Glenn
1: Anderson on that Capitals team, he's he's clearly the best player too, right? Like... Yeah, probably,
0: probably. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know. I mean, I understand the argument. Like, it, he was extraordinarily healthy. Um, I guess I just like he scored so many goals. It's hard for me to say no. Um, if he'd scored like five hundred. I would be like, you know, or if he was like 50th all time in goals per game or something like that, I would be like, no way. Um, I don't and know.
1: I, I don't know. I feel like you, when you just play that many seasons, you're just, you know, you're just piling, you're piling up your numbers, but you're like, he's never, he's just never dominant. He's just always really good. And I, I guess because there's no drop off, I could, I could listen to that argument, but you know, he played so much longer than a lot of other guys. No drop off. Yeah. Yeah. There's just no drop off. That's the only thing that'll make me even entertain it. Um, you know, but it's, to me, it's like, well, I just played forever. So of course my overall numbers are extremely high. It's like, well, yeah, but like, were you ever like a first team all-star? Were you ever a top five goal scorer in the league? Like when I think of Mike Gardner, that's not what I think of. I'm sure he, he must've hit top five at some point. Um, you know, a in terms of where... goals,
0: uh, what did I say? I, I think I skipped over that. He was top five in goals once.
1: Okay, yeah. so yeah, he's only top five once, and we're going to put him in the Hall of Fame?
0: There I, are guys say, in I the Hall of Fame who've there. never even done that, though.
1: Well, I know, but the Hall of Fame's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's. Uh, I, I, I feel like we've lowered the bar in the Hall of Fame to where Gartner is starting to look like he belongs, but I feel like when he was inducted, it was like, what? Um, and I know I was not the only, but like, I remember a lot of media people having a big, big time problem with that.
0: Yeah. So in terms of the no drop off, um, he had one season, uh, below 0.5 points per game. And that was in the dead puck era for Phoenix. That was his last year. Um, he had one that was just barely better. And that was the lockout shortened season in uh, 95. Uh, and then, uh, had a couple other seasons below 0.8. His second last season for Phoenix and um, the '96 season for Toronto. But, like, otherwise, for most of his career, it was at least 0.8 points per game. And, you know, half over half of his career was a point-per-game player. Um, and it is interesting to wonder, and I understand about the era and stuff, but had he been born a few years earlier and played <laughs> from, like, 76 or something until, like, you know, 95 if, like, he would be a point-per-game player total because, you know, he would have... He would have been playing... At the end of his career, the league still would have been wide open as opposed to the puck era. Um, Because, you know, he was... I mean, he was clearly done in 98, but in 97, he put up 63 points in 82 games when he was 37 um, for a shitty team. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I hear what you're saying. I just... And, and maybe maybe as we go back in time, I'll see more and more that there weren't more agree- other egregious inductions before him and he will start to bother me. But at least at the <laughs> moment, he is not one of the guys who pisses me off. And that's because I understand, I prefer goals per game too. I used to be so outraged when two of the top 10 uh, goals per game players weren't in the Hall of Fame. It was like it yeah. was me crazy. Uh, now it, uh, I believe Rick Martin got bumped out of it. So now it now it's nobody because Burry got inducted, yeah. um, but uh, before like before Crosby and Ovechkin came in, like Martin was in the top ten and and he wasn't in and he still isn't in. Um, and you know it still drives me crazy about Kent Nilsson, too, despite the fact that lots of people listening to this will be like, what? Um, yeah, but uh, like I, I care more about per game, but I do think that like you get to a level of compiling where it's just like it's kind of overwhelming.
1: Yeah, like and and we know they look at over like just you know overall career stats but i i feel like when you when you look at the era it's like you know i i don't have the stats in front of me but like i'm sort of like you know a guy like miro shatan he was never going to win the scoring title but he's always going to get his 35 40 goals every year for obviously a much shorter period than gartner did it but he played in a harder harder era too um you know like if long if if they want to say like look if you play a really long career we're gonna put you in the hall then like okay maybe some guy, you know like but it's it's not just, just
0: that right it's, yeah, yeah it's not well, just there's that no drop
1: off he was still Luke was still
0: Luke Richardson player. is I not know, in the yeah. Hall of Fame right yes, I know. or or Teppo like these guys are these guys played forever too but they yeah, played but they, forever with less of a role than yeah Gardner, but I, you know?
1: but the thing is like. To 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 me, Gartner put up solid, like like good numbers, even very good numbers, his whole career. But he never he never put up elite numbers, and that's I don't know yeah. that, that rubs me the wrong way. Unless yeah, sure. I mean we're unless you're you know you're sort of your your overall game like like when you when we're gonna look at Taves' stats at the end of his career, they're not gonna jump off the page, but everybody's gonna know like that guy was the you know he's the reason they won three cups. Like everybody knows it. Um, you know yeah, like, and
0: Ber- Bergeron it'll be his, the same. His but... earlier
1: stats he was more of a defensive forward. Now yeah. he's also putting up the, the the numbers to to get him in for sure. But yeah. like we know that about him, you know. Yeah. If, if somebody wants to make a case that Gardner was elite defensively, maybe I'm like, "Well, okay then." But I don't think he yeah. was. So.
0: Yeah. Well, at least we we finally disagree about somebody fairly intensely. So, that's good <laughs> cuz I feel like usually like one of us comes around to the other and like, yeah. you know. Alright, so we have one player left, uh, and that's Dale Howerchuk, um, who played uh, a lot fewer games than both uh, Curry and Gardner, um, and uh, and just retired you know, much earlier. I mean, they were re- roughly around the same year that they retired, but he, of course, entered the league later. Um, he played from 81 to 97, 16 seasons, 15 quality by points per game. He is 25th all-time in, in goals. He is... Uh, 21st all-time in assists but was 12th all-time in assists at his retirement of course that helps from when he played especially with assists and he's 20th all-time in points notably he has more points than both curry and Gardner. wait double check that about curry um yeah he has more points than curry uh and uh, he is 12th he was 12th all-time in his retirement so he played fewer games, but he scored more than either of them, at least in total points. He is also a minus ninety-eight, which has a lot to do with playing for the Jets. Um, if I look at that, it has everything to do with the first like five years of his career on the Jets, basically, and a couple yep. others, and then one really nasty season in Buffalo as so. well. Um, he was drafted first overall. He is the Dale Howard Chuck of the Dale Howard Chuck draft in nineteen eighty-one, um, <laughs> and funnily enough, in part because. Of uh the fact that he didn't um you know he got he had some injury trouble, he is not first in any offensive category in the draft, really, yeah, he is second in goals uh behind Ron Francis by thirty one It's worth noting he is six hundred games behind Ryan it's <laughs> in terms of games played though <laughs> roughly speaking, he's slightly less than six hundred games. He is third in assists behind Francis and uh, McInnes, but of course he is hundreds of games behind both of them in terms of games played. And uh, he is second in points, but he is three, almost 400 points behind Francis, but again, he is like 550 games behind Francis. He is uh, seventh last in plus-minus. So, you know, it's fun it's fun to see who's worse. Um, but uh um so uh Joe Sorella? Uh do you remember Joe Sorella? I don't.
1: I like barely.
0: <laughs> Joe Sorella is a preposterous minus 200. My god. Yeah, he was drafted by the Rockies though. Uh, uh yeah. Yeah. So, uh, they were, and they then, were one of the all time bad teams. Yeah. And then there's Doug Smith at minus 130, Claude Loisel at minus 128, um, Garth Butcher at minus 121, Mike Eagles at, uh, minus 119, and Peter, I, a Petri rather, is it Scrico or Scryco? I've heard both.
1: I remember Screeco.
0: Screeco at minus one oh one. So at least he's in he's in good company. There are some players who, who got scored on even more than him because of course that would make him look not great that minus ninety-eight. Uh he is because Dale Howerchuk is a passer and because he was on shitty teams, he is six in point shares behind McInnes, Chelios, Van Viesburg, Francis, and Grant Fuhr. All of whom, you know, are Hall of Fame or Borderline <laughs> Hall of Fame players. So that doesn't make him look that bad. Era-wise, of the 13 players to play in at least 1,106 games, i.e. 13 full seasons, um, between 81 and 96, uh, only one of whom, Dale Hunter, is not in the Hall of Fame. (laughs) It's worth pointing out that this entire group is in the Hall of Fame except Dale Hunter. Howard Chuck is only six in goals and goals per game, only six in assistances per game, but fourth in points and points per game. He is last in plus minus. And so he is last in defensive point shares, but he's fourth in offensive point shares and seventh in point shares. So he's a top five offensive player in his era. And it's worth noting, all of those people are in the Hall of Fame except for Dale Hunter. Um, (laughs) His 82 game average is a very impressive 98 points, but a minus seven. And his three year peak, it isn't Yari Curry levels, but it's certainly better than Mike Gardner. Uh, between eighty three and eighty-six, he was scoring 113 points per season, but also again minus seven because Jets. Yeah. <laughs> uh playoffs. He scored 30 goals, 69 assists, and 99 points in in 97 games. So he's more than a point per game player in uh the playoffs, which is more than can be said for Mike Gardner. Um and of course Yari Curry was but Yari Curry had Gretzky. Um, and he's a minus 21, and, of course, the same thing applies as always. He was on the Jets and he was on the Sabres and, uh, you know.
1: Yeah, it's like it's like two teams that are, like, notorious for first-round exits.
0: Yeah, and, and particularly he was on the Sabres before, like, just – he left the Sabres just as Hasek was becoming dominant. And, uh, yep. you know, he was not on the team when they rose, and then he was on the Flyers, you know, right before the Flyers got – better too. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, he's got yeah, I mean, his his he's got a uh, 3 plus seasons uh playoff years. He was plus 5 one year for the Jets and plus 3 one year for the Sabres and then plus 1 year <laughs> for the Jets. And otherwise, um though though he did he did have a zero on all uh, on a long uh, run for for the Flyers in 96, so that's something. But um yeah, he just, you know, they they lost all the time and he got outscored um the uh hockey reference adjustment for Era hurts him a ton. It docks sixteen points off of uh, <laughs> uh but it still him is still a point per game player. He still looks yeah. much better than Gartner. He's eighty two points in eighty two games if you adjust for Era. Yeah, uh, he, he was much better than Gartner. Yeah. <laughs> of course it makes him look better. <laughs> versus X uh versus X doesn't hurt him quite as much. Um and uh he uh I actually just realized I forgot to record what um, versus X thought of Mike Gartner's peak, which would have been a really useful thing for us to argue about. So it's, uh, I should look that up before we, uh, before we finish the uh, podcast. Let
1: let the anger flow through us. Yes. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Um, So he only has two trades uh, and there, one of them um, was a rather big one. Um, He was traded at 27 with a uh, first round pick that became Brad May. For uh, Phil Housley, Scott Arneal, uh, Jeff Parker, and a 1990 first round pick that became Keith Kachuk. So, holy shit, that's a big trade. Uh, you have you have three borderline Hall of Fame players in the same trade. One of whom, of course, had not yet been drafted. Plus, look, Brad May as well. Um, so, it was a big deal. Uh, I mean, given my feelings about Phil Housley, I kind of think Buffalo wins it though Keith Kachuk coming back is I don't know maybe it, it's it's a good trade like it feels like a good trade for both sides a little bit um because Kachuk was a very good player
1: oh yeah absolutely yeah it was uh well it's, sometimes it's the now for then kind of kind of yeah. deal but uh, yeah it sounds like you know I think both I think both teams benefited yeah uh you know and in different ways, but definitely there was, you know, not one team completely destroyed the other team on that trade, but Kachuk uh, kind of ended up being, uh, you know, he, he, he might have a case one day. Have we done Kachuk? I can't remember. Yeah, we did. We've we been, did. We've been I don't remember. A long time. <laughs> I
0: don't, I don't remember our, our, uh, I feel like we both thought he was bored the line at the very least, but I don't remember. Yeah. Cause he had some handsome, like he led the league in goals at least once in the, in the dead puck era. Um, and the second trade is a lot less big deal. He was traded uh so he signed as a free agent with the Blues um on that like ridiculous Blues team, the hilarious oh, yeah. Blues team with all the hall of famers. Mm-hmm. And um he uh they traded him um to Philadelphia um very quick soon after he signed uh for Craig McTavish cuz they wanted to get I don't know, less scory or something. Uh <laughs> Yeah, let's take. I mean, I know I understand McTavish, that, like Howard yeah. Chuck was like kind of. Well,
1: that, that's probably because Not... Keenan was there, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, Keenan was totally. Yeah,
1: right. so Keenan loved McTavish, of course. that, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Otherwise, that's a really stupid trade. Yeah, he also he, <laughs>
0: well, Howard Chuck got off to a bad start for the mm-hmm. Blues. He only had forty-one points in sixty-six games, and then he promptly went to Philly and just like tore it up. Yep. At least, <laughs> at least in the regular season, um, for that for that season, and then he you know he fell back down the earth. Uh, the next season, then he retired. Um, so unlike our other uh, players this week, he he was nominated for the Hart Trophy at a significant level. He was top five in Hart voting twice, um, finishing second to Gretzky in 85. And uh, he also won the Calder. So we have an award. Uh, Hockey Reference thinks he's a top 10 player in 85. Uh, so he not... Heartworthy, but top ten, and he was a top five offensive player twice in '85 and '88, top ten in '87 as well. I think I might be missing a fourth year, and not that it matters. Um, he never led the league in anything, but he was, you know, top ten in goals three times, top ten in goals per game twice, top five in assists three times, top ten and five times, top five in assists per game three times. You know, and, and on on top five in points twice. You know, he had, a, he, had he was never like the star, the best player in the league, but he was up there for a couple of years among the better ones. Um, he also, uh, you know, he's one of, uh, only 17 players to score 40 goals, seven times. And one of only 17 players to score 35 goals, nine times. He's one of only 12 players to have 70 assists four times, which is a fair amount. And one of only seven players to have 50 assists 13 times, which is, uh, a hell of a lot. Uh, He's one of only 23 players to have 130 points once, not quite as many as Curry, but of course he wasn't playing with Gretzky. And one of only 15 players ever to have 120 points twice, 100 points six times, one of only 15 players. He is one of only five players, Gretzky, Dion, Lemieux, and Jager to have 90 points 10 times. And he's one of uh, only four players to have 80 points 13 times, and the other three are Gretzky, Dion, and Messier. 60 points, 14 times, one of only 21 players. So, you know, he was he a. Was a... I know he played in the 80s, but he he scored a lot. He was, unlike Gartner, he did get a end-of-season All-Star once he was a second team the year he finished. Funnily enough, he finished second in heart voting and was also a second-team All-Star. I know he's a center, but it's still funny. Um, he has fewer All-Star game appearances than Gartner does. Go figure. Only 2 <laughs> fewer, but still, it's kind of funny. I did actually manage to mention what um, Versus X thinks of his peak. So his best seven seasons goals-wise rank 108th all-time, assists 48th all-time, and points 62nd all-time. And his best 10 seasons for goals 85th all-time, assists 47th all-time, and points 48th all-time. So maybe one of the best 50 offensive players ever, at least in terms of assists and points-ish. Um, I'll bring up Gardner just for comparison. Gartner 56th all-time in terms of goals for uh his best seven uh assist wise i don't even think he's on the list um because yeah he's not because he didn't he didn't pass um and points wise he's way down at at a 201st so that should make you feel pretty good bill um (laughs) for his best 10 seasons he's 42nd all time in his best 10 seasons in terms of goals so that's good it's just why he's, of course, not on there. And points-wise, um, he's 168th. So way, way, way back of Dale Howard-Chuck. uh Howarchuk did not have team success because Jets. Um, yep. He was a top-nine forward by points on the Flyers who went to the Cup Final in 97. Uh, I wish we had ice time to know whether he had a bigger role or not. But uh, yeah. it was also the... Uh, last year of his career he retired afterwards after not winning the cup so uh you know um he was uh he did win two um Canada Cups uh but they're 87 and 91 so and he was obviously not the star of either of those for obvious reasons um but he he
1: did play a big role in 87 did he oh yes yeah yeah he was uh he was often on the ice with uh with uh, Gretzky and uh, Lemieux. So he doesn't have a
0: lot of points. <laughs> well, that year.
1: Maybe, maybe he was doing the heavy lifting uh, defensively so they could run roughshod yeah. over the rest of the tournament. Yeah. I do remember he, he was on the ice when they scored that goal. So yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, He might've, he might've also just been on the second power play or something. And, oh, good yeah. yeah. That's
1: like, I mean, yeah. How are you going to get any points when Gretzky and Lemieux are running the show? Right. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Unless you're on their wing and he's a center. So yeah. Um, so world championships he has a silver in 89 and a bronze in 96 and he was one of the stars of those teams though he wasn't the star uh, at least by points and then he has a bronze uh, as well where he was in 82 when he was quite young and was less played less of a role so he has some it's not like he doesn't have any international hardware he does but he was never the star of those teams which I think would be one, one reason to uh, you know question whether he belongs or not because at the end of the day, he was not an absolutely dominant force, but I mean, I don't, I don't have a problem with him being...
1: No, not at all. I, I, and by the way, RIP.
0: Just, sorry, I forgot to say RIP earlier. Yeah, too, yeah he just yeah. died. It's, uh, he just, yeah, he just
1: passed away. It's, uh, it's a shame. He's, uh, uh... By all accounts, he was a very nice guy and sort of, like, was Mr. Jet, so, uh... uh it was nice to, uh... Well, obviously, uh, Bobby Hull, but, uh you know, in terms of like more, more modern, uh, you know, and since the, the jets have been in the NHL that he was, he was the guy. Right. So, um, he was, he was a heck of a player. I mean, it's, uh, he, he was unfortunate that he never ended up being on a good team. And, uh, you know, the jet, the jets were just always that team, like just, they could squeak into the playoffs, but they'd always just get beat right away. And it's, well, and they were squeaking yeah,
0: just, in the playoffs when, when two thirds of the league made it in the playoffs too. Yeah, right? That's
1: true. Yeah. 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 And so they, really weren't <laughs> um yeah they were nothing to write home about if vancouver could beat them they were nothing right home about. <laughs>
0: yeah i mean it's one of those things where you gotta wonder if he had just like if he'd lucked out and and been drafted by a different team you know um whether because he would be a year older or younger and a different team was eligible or whether like you know some i don't know what the lottery system was in in 1981 but had like somehow the kings drafted first instead Right, then suddenly you're on a team with Deal. And then like, you know, I don't know why the Kings had had the second overall pick in 1981, but they did. I have no idea why, because they wouldn't have been awful, right? But anyway, um, you know, he just gets to a different team instead of so the Jets. Who knows? Um, I certainly, I what I see here is like very similar to Federico, right? Like a guy uh, better than Federico, obviously. Yeah. In terms of compared to his Pierce, but um, a guy who just really unlucky in terms of who he spent the majority of his career with, and uh, in this case a slim majority compared to uh, compared to uh, Federico, who spent his entire career almost with one team. But like, yeah. who was who had to be for a long time the star, and you know put up some insane numbers for a little while at a time when yeah. many people were, but he was still you know um, doing better than say Gardner, for example, and uh, and then like. You know, still had a, had a, when he went over to uh, Buffalo, had some pretty good years. Oh, yeah, um,
1: yeah. He's a, he was a, like, a star player in the NHL. Like
0: Yeah. But it just never lucked out in terms of team success. And I, I'm, as I've said many times, you know, there are 22 players on these rosters, 21, 23, whatever. And, like, it's not all on the star when your team sucks. And I feel like someone who was this consistently Good, offensively for as long as he was. Um. Very clearly the star of his shitty team. I have no problem with him being. In. Yeah. Same. Uh. So to just wrap up, fedosov we're both agreed on. I think, right? Yep. We're very unsure about Curry's case. <laughs> uh, we're very very sure about Curry's case, obviously. Uh. And then you, we disagree about Gardner. Yeah. You would not even even now even with like people like Clark Gillies and Dick Duff and who else somebody else there's got to be Kevin Lowe. I think he has a better case than all those guys but well yeah, again but he might have opened after him yeah yeah that's true that's true <laughs> so
1: that, that's that's my argument if we start finding guys who were put in in the mid 90s that are like terrible then I'll be like okay now we're maybe that is why Gartner got it. maybe he wasn't the the you know he wasn't the one who opened up Pandora's box. Maybe it wasn't yeah. him, you know, but yeah. for me, that's sort of where he lies. Cause I've seen some terrible inductions since then. And I'm like, well, it goes yeah. the gardener got in. So they're like, well now if, if he's in, you got to put this other guy in. So. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and then lastly, Howard Chuck. Absolutely. All right. Sounds good. Um, so next time we are going to either be giving you a special, uh, con Smythe award winners not currently in the of famous but, or the 2000 class we're not sure yet we have we have to make that decision but stay tuned for one of those and then the if we do 2000 the Con will come soon but we'll we'll bill and i will decide that uh later and in the meantime uh thank you for listening and we will see you next time
1: see you next time